Hello and welcome to Transformational Insights Demystified Podcast. I'm your host, Fumilola Asa, a system thinker and a transformational insights translator. On this podcast, I share practical insights that enable you to make the step change in performance towards becoming better versions of yourself and acing your personal development, business, relationship, and spiritual goals. So, are you a leader, a business owner, or even an employee within an organization? Do you have questions about the complexities and interactions within your business or portions of the business? Well, in this four-part podcast series titled The Business System Demystified, I discuss key principles to help you navigate the complexities of the business system, leveraging practical examples. So are you excited? Let's dive in. Welcome to episode one of four. In this first episode, I share three of 10 principles that characterize a complex system and a good system design. So let's get into it. A business often requires several individuals and groups across functions, locations, and specialties to work together to create goods and services to deliver value that address key stakeholder needs. As with any complex systems, these interactions that go on within a business drive certain properties and characteristics of the business. And that's why two businesses in different locations often are not 100% identical because driven by the interactions happening in each specific business, it evolves and creates unique behaviors that could manifest either in performance characteristics or other features of the business. Now, how do we navigate the complexities of the business to ensure that you deliver competitive advantage and that the business continues to deliver value over the near term, mid term and long term? That's a critical question which is always on the mind of everyone who is a key player in a business. And so here comes system thinking. You know, just like an architect can conceptualize a building from the ground based on an understanding of certain fundamental concepts, so also is the understanding of key system principles important to enable you to craft new systems of which a business is one of them, or fix broken ones, or even ensure that the best output and behaviors of a system occur through optimization. A system that is designed wrong often creates manageability challenges. And so it's important that you understand these complex interactions and the fundamental principles behind them to ensure that your business system continues to function optimally. So system thinking helps you to manage complex problems by breaking them into manageable sizes while keeping sight of the whole. Regardless of the type of system, you know, whether it's the whole business, you know, in view or a sub-function of that business, some principles apply universally. And this is not just to business, to individuals, to life, to governance and policy. In a previous series, I discussed practical systems applied to life. I encourage you to listen to that if you haven't already. And if you have, think about that in the context of your business 
as I go through this episode and the subsequent one in the series. A true understanding of the principles of a system ensures that your system is efficient upfront, you plan upfront as opposed to being reactive or being suboptimal as your environment you know, transforms. And so, as I think about this four-part series, I'll be discussing these 10 principles in parts of three, two, two, and three. And so, let's get into this first part where I discuss three principles. And principle one is very fundamental to any system. It's a critical starting point. And it's an understanding of what a system really is. Is your business really a system or are you just assuming it's a system? And so for something to be called a system, let's explore principle one. Principle one says that a system is a, sub, is a synergy of subsystems. Keyword being synergy. And so if I talk about what that principle states, it's the unique characteristics of a system is the behavior that is enabled by the interactions between the constituent parts or subsystems that creates these emergent properties, such as the value or certain interface issues, which must be identified and managed in designing such a system. Now, the key here is that the unique characteristic is occurs when these parts come together and interact. Once you break them apart, it's difficult to identify that behavior. And this is something that's very critical for people who are optimizing or trying to solve a business problem or trying to improve your business. Often, traditionally, we're good at just going at the parts. We try to optimize the functions or let's optimize the operations. Let's optimize sales. If everybody's operating at the highest level possible, then everything should work fine. That is so incorrect when you think about a system. The analogy I heard recently was of one of a car, somebody who was trying to design the best car and then decided that, oh, I'll get the best tire, you know, from a certain type of manufacturer and think about the best engine from another manufacturer. Think about what the best chassis of a vehicle is and you know the whole nine yards of the parts or the components of your vehicle and then you bring all these best parts together guess what they're not going to fit together because they're not designed to work with one another and so what makes a system a system is the uniqueness that comes out of all the parts coming together to form this new whole that is greater than the sum of the parts and so system thinking ensures that you always think about the and that is introduced when two parts come together. So keywords for system and system thinking is interaction. What's the new value that has been created by the system that have, you have created? When you join your sales department and your marketing, just because they're co-located does not make your business a system. But if they're feeding off of one another and interacting in such a way that your business entity is able to deliver a certain kind of value, then you do have a business. And so in system language, I like to say that a system is one where one plus one equals two plus I X, where I is the systemic interactions that occur, you know, for, like I described this interactions rubbing off of one another. And X is the multiplier effect, which is often driven by the context in which that business is in. And so, while again, if, if you have two departments working together or working 
towards meeting a customer need. If they're not interacting or they're interacting poorly, then it has effects for the overall system behavior, which is your system and its ability to meet the needs of its key stakeholders. And so the performance of that system is very driven by the multiplier effect of the context and the interactions happening there. And so the question for you is, as you think about your business system, do you really have a system? Are they working together? Is your whole bigger than the parts? Are there things that you see when each of the functions come together and exchange ideas, exchange processes that you still cannot decipher when you break them apart? Then yes, you do have a system. And so the question then is, what are the connections between your business dimensions? And so your business has different parts working together. It's got employees working with leaders. It's got business teams working together. It's got functions working together. And if you do have a large multinational, you've got locations working together with the head office. Where do the interactions happen and how does that drive the value and the, be- and the behavior that you see from your business? That is principle one. And so let's move on to principle two very quickly. So principle two builds off of principle one. You know, again, recall in this first part, we're looking at what's the characteristics of a system? How do I ensure that my system, you know, is optimal? It's a great design. And so principle two talks about the true need of that system. And so if you ask me, What's a good system? How do you define a good structure? As you think about how to structure your departments, you know, how to think about how they're going to function together, how to think about, you know, working with your suppliers and all of that. How do you know that you have a good design? And so principle two says addressing key stakeholder needs effectively is the basis of a good system design or architecture. If I would use the technical word, a system architecture. And so a good system design in terms of the structure, behaviors, and the views of the system, it must roll up into a concept that expressly addresses the explicit, the ones we know, the documented, and the implicit needs of key stakeholders. Otherwise, it may be answering a question that was not asked. So how do you know you have a good system? How do you know that the enhancements in your system are key? It is, how is it addressing the needs of your key stakeholders? So I have a blog. I run a blog on my personal web- website, www.fumilolaasa.com. And my first post on that blog is called Delivering Value to Your Stakeholders. It was a question. And this was key in identifying that, you know, the needs of your stakeholder and how they measure value is important. In fact, that's like the highest measure of rating of the quality of whatever it is that you deliver. And so since the goal of a system is to achieve a purpose, the structure of the system and all the interactions that are happening within that subsystem must work together in a way that it facilitates the, the need, you know, addressing the needs the explicit needs of your customers of the system. You know, given that your stakeholder groups vary, especially for a business, you know, there's your employees, there's the actual customers, there are regulatory agencies, there are other interest groups, your suppliers, and so many things that you need to deal with. 
a good design must factor in all of those stakeholder requirements at least as much of it as possible because what you want to do in designing your good system is to make sure that you're doing the trade-offs upfront because what then happens is if you don't do your stakeholder needs you know trade-off upfront you address the needs of one stakeholder and then another one shows up and then as soon as it shows up in the bid to address that need you almost end up with a bloated system because you are continually growing your system and with each change comes a multiplier effect which we'll discuss in other principles later and so key message here is how do your stakeholders define value because and how are those value measures changing over time it's not uncommon for your stakeholders to change or evolve over time and so it's important that as a business you're able to understand the point where you need to redesign or check that the system design still addresses the needs of who your current stakeholders are you know a very good example that i saw in this was of a movie that i watched it's called late night and it was very fundamental for me you know it was of somebody who was like a well-renowned talk show host and at some point she just started to lose um viewership you know and she was almost going to lose the show and the real breakthrough happened where she said you know what i haven't changed it wasn't me that got bad over time it was my audience that changed and so let's give them what they want and this is so true for businesses it's true for governance it's true for even individual relationships because often some businesses who are traditional and have been around for a while tend to stay in the mold that they created when they started the business what they don't realize is that the stakeholders needs have changed because the environment that the stakeholders are in your customers are in are evolving the regulators you know not just the customers the regulators their needs have changed the things that they want to see to be sure that your business is doing the right thing has changed and so if you do not recognize that then your system might not be effective because again you're not meeting the implicit and explicit needs of your stakeholders something that was also very important for me is the fact that you know the explicit needs are the ones that are called out but the implicit needs are sometimes buried in the context so for example you are a business that's creating value for a household the person who is paying might not be the real user of the value and so if you model your business after just the paying party then you might have a suboptimal system because the person who's using it does not see the value from your products and services on the flip side if you also design for just the user and then create for example a very bloated design that meets all the needs of that user but does not account for the pay- person who is paying you might have a very well sought after product but that cannot be afforded by your target group or you know customer group and so it's important that you understand who your through stakeholders are who are those that are the obvious ones and the ones that are implicit how do they measure value what does value mean to them and so that you can ensure that your business is truly meeting the needs of the key stakeholders by the way one key stakeholder that is also important for the business is the business itself and so what are your visions what's your mission what are your goals how do you measure value is it by impact is it by sales is it by you know um just um acceptance you know what's your slogan how do you know that you're successful because again that is something that you must also be traded you must think about as you trade off the needs of your stakeholders and continue to think about the niche that you want to function in 
And so I hope principle two is clear. It's about understanding, clearly articulating the needs of your stakeholder and the impacts for your business design. As you think about the groups in your business, the kind of employees you you, you, um, employ, um, what your customer facing groups are, all of that are tied to meeting the needs of your stakeholders, meeting as a business the needs of your stakeholders. Even how you design your operations or your production department, all of those must connect together in a way that the internal interactions result in an external effect that the stakeholders are willing to bet on. Now, principle three, as I round up this first part episode of the podcast, talks about a very powerful concept. It's something that has changed my mindset since I encountered it. And it's the principle of solution neutrality as a first step for robust system designs. Often we want to just, you know, design our business. Oh, I want to deliver goods and services. Um, I'm going to be making cars for this sort of audience and all of that. And sometimes that can be faulty in that it does not allow you to explore the full range of options that are available to you to address the true needs. And it could be a potential blind spot as the climate and the environment of your business evolves. And so what is the principle of solution neutrality? It says that, you know, it's the first step for robust system design. And so in order to benefit from the full window of creative solutions to any problem, The architectural concept, the design, must first be defined by the possible solution-neutral ways in which the initial problem can be addressed before layering on technology and other limitations to help achieve the concept. What does that mean for your business? You know, as you think about the business that you're in, the question is, what does the services, what business am I really in? So I always say that, you know, the pandemic that we had recently was a true challenge of solution neutrality for a lot of people. So the person who's in the airline business thinks that their, you know, competitors are other maybe airlines, maybe at best the high-speed rail. But who taught that technology such as you know, Zoom calls and all of that can be a competitor for airline travel. Why do I say that? If the underlying context, which was what happened during the pandemic, was one where minimal human content, con- contact was kind of the prevailing experience, where people really didn't need to, you know, touch one another because everybody was trying to be safe, but yet we wanted to interact. And so in the past, the things that you would travel to do, people started to find out that there were better ways to still have that experience, immersive experience, Um, Zoom calls, augmented reality, without getting on a plane to go somewhere. And so the competition for the airline industry in that instance started becoming the ability for people to interact without having to do a physical interface, um, a physical touch or one-to-one connection. And so as a business, if you think about it and put on that hat, what is the true need that your customers are you know, looking for? In one of my other blog posts, I talk about you know, um, how disrupt- disruptive really is disruptive change. Because sometimes when you think about solution neutrality, 
I say that that's probably the what drove online shopping while others were still focused on brick and mortar. Because for that person, they realized that most of their customers were really looking to have the goods, but have a way to be able to define what it was that they were you know, getting, be able to point and say, oh, this is the color I want. This is the design I want without necessarily, not necessarily touching or feeling them. And boom, online shopping was born and it has come to stay and has become a critical you know, competitor for some of the traditional business businesses. So as you think about your businesses, ask yourself, who, what business am I really in? Break it down to the solution neutral. That way you're able to build robust designs into your system that enables you change or shift as the different options that helps you to meet that initial need starts to evolve. So as new technology comes, you know where the competition is. As people um, context starts to change, you ask the question again, are we still meeting these needs? Another example I always talk about is how, you know, there's the fintechs and the banks. And the fact that, you know, the business models that the fintechs run, also driven by, you know, the context, you know, now it's the technology age, you know, I would typically be in my, my room and I can call somebody in the same house and say, you know, help me do this or help me do that. Which means that I'm more comfortable now with having interactions electronically. And why wouldn't I just have a banking conversation online? By the way, I don't even get the money in, ca- in physical cash anymore. It's just an alert on my phone. And so fintechs have been able to cash in on that to capture a niche that is now growing and competing with the actual banks. I ask myself, how often do I walk into a brick and mortar anymore? And so the question again is for your business. What is the solution neutral need that your system meets, that your business meets? That would help you to explore the full range of options available to you and also understand the full range of where the competition might be coming from. And so as I end this first episode, thinking about the examples I've shared, there are a few questions you must ask yourself about your business system. As a leader in your business, as an employee in your business looking to add value, as somebody who's trying to start a business, or somebody who's trying to optimize your business, key questions. Do I understand the subparts of my business systems? Do I even realize you know, how my departments work together? How my you know, business units work together? How the layers of employees in the organization work together? Do I really understand the parts in my system and the interactions that might be driving certain behaviors? Do I understand the unique proposition of keeping certain combinations together or are they better off separate? Because if two parts come together and there's nothing new that comes out of that interaction or that benefits or aligns with your goals as a business, then the question is, should those parts, should those functions really be separate and managed as such? Another question is, who are the key stakeholders of your system along along the lines of principle two? Have you really traded off the needs to be sure that your system is optimal and that you're able to continue to provide positive value? And lastly, do you understand, do I, do I as a business owner understand the solution neutral value proposition? At the heart of it, am I able to go one layer deeper beyond what I say my current business is to say, what is the true need that my business addresses? 
Am I aware of the changing competitive landscape? Am I aware of enablers, technology and other things that might be changing the range of my competition? Key questions you must ask yourself because these answers are fundamental to ensuring that your system continues to deliver value and is designed to to remain competitive over the mid, the near, mid and long term. I wish you a transformational exploration and design of your business system. I will be continuing this over the next couple of episodes. In episode two, I'll be sharing two more principles. You want to know about them? Catch me in the next episode. Bye. You have been listening to Transformational Insights Demystified Podcast with Fumilola Asa. Subscribe to this podcast to ensure that you get notified as new episodes become available. Also, for more insightful content, visit my website at www.fumilolaasa.com to engage with transformational insights in my blog, my short faith insights devotionals, and even a link back to my social media reflection series. You can also follow me on social media on LinkedIn at Fumilolaasa, on Instagram at Fumiasa, and on Twitter at Fumilolaasa. I look forward to connecting with you and celebrating your wins. Catch you in the next episode when we did dive into another insightful topic. Have a transformational time.